Warning, this podcast is rated not safe for work for profanity, sexual innuendo, and general silliness. Welcome to the Macabre Academy. You are now on the Hot Mess Express. We were a hot mess, and now it's an express to try to fix it. It's like motherfucking Hogwarts, except our train is a hot mess. You got me? Great. So here we are. We need to make some corrections, a.k.a. add some extra information to some previous episodes. Ladies, how are you doing this evening? Fantastic. Eh. Eh. Fuck you, then. Eh. I had a day off and slept until noon. Fucking bomb. Must be nice. And then I went to Target and I bought my nephew a twin stroller for his babies because I'm that aunt. I love that he has babies. My sister hates it, and I love it. <laughs> it's my all-time favorite. Jex, you have Saturdays off. What did you do with your Saturday? I cleaned. I did homework. Oh. That's boring. I bought ice cream. That's exciting. Hated my neighbors. Why? Because I hate them. <laughs> okay. So if you guys haven't guessed, it should be a mini-episode. It should be shorter. Because it's express. So we'll see how long we're here. But... Here we are. And strap in for a clearly banterific episode. If you do not enjoy our banter and you just want the facts, you might want to skip this episode entirely. Just throwing that out there. We banter a lot because, like, we're just stupid and we get off topic. Okay? Fight me. <laughs> I was, like, I was lamenting, I think, to Dex because it was really funny that the only time Brandy could stay on topic was when she was presenting even then it was so hard yes. i wanted to tell you guys so many other stories off topic and i'm just like wait i can't i have to tell them the things i was waiting for that that's what i wanted i wanted to see how far off topic you would get on radium girls and you stayed like very that's an I upcoming was, episode for everybody but you that was like tunnel vision yeah it was so hard. I was like, oh, I have to tell them this story now. And then I'm like, fuck, I have to tell them that story. I'm like, no, stay on topic. If you could hear my brain, it's kind of scary because there's 10 things going on at once. It's fine. All right. Well, luckily I'm one track. So. Well, at least that makes one of us. Cause... Right? Because we're tracked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our corrections are going to start on our Centralia episode. So this is like Centralia 2.0. One of our Patreons, Sean, happens to be quite the Centralia enthusiast. So we asked a lot of questions of our own podcast, and he felt it necessary to send them in. So far on Patreon, the only house that has any members is Nevermore. So he's coming out of Nevermore. So Nevermore, 20 points for your corrections. It's because that's the best house. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're leading in points. So we're going to, I'm just automatically 20 points to house nevermore. Because we're the best. So here we are. Okay. So in that episode, about five minutes in on Centralia, I asked if the heat causes expansion for the ground to deform. And we didn't have the information. And he says that the answer is that, no, the rocks don't expand from the fire. What's actually happening is the miners mined the coal, and they left pillars of coal and wood timbers behind to support the roof of the mine. Now that the fire is burning, these supports are causing the ground to shift, and it's called mine 
subsidence is what he says. Big words. Yeah, big words. Also, during that episode, about 16 minutes in, we asked if the fire causes the roots of the vegetation to burn. I, I don't. I, I didn't go back and listen to see who asked it. Um, I did. There you go. So <laughs> I have an answer for you. Yes, the fire is actually so close to the surface that the mine fire caused um, brush fires. And at night, you can actually see the fire at the surface of the ground. Um, he says, I knew it. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, John Lakotis. L- L- Junior, former resident of Centralia, told me that you could act, told him, not me, told him that you could actually see blue flame coming around, coming out of the ground in the area called, called, uh, to saddle the former site of the high school, the area where I had to move my truck before it caught fire. So when he was there with his truck, he's nice. like, that ground, your truck's going to get on fire. So you need to move it. So he has photos from there too. He wants to go back, maybe take us before the graffiti is gone too, by the way. Yes. Just Must so you know. see before the graffiti is gone. Yeah. We didn't know that, but when we recorded that episode, they have now decided to eliminate all that beautiful graffiti that Dex was talking about. And they're going to redo pave it or whatever the fuck they're going to do with it. Um, Bullshit okay. is what they're going to do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so but do you think they're doing that because, like, they don't want people to drive on that anymore? Probably. They don't want people near there because the fire is expanding, I believe. Yeah, so, so, like, if they destroy, like, the graffiti highway and they destroy the ground, then people can't really, like, get to it because it would be too dangerous. Yeah, but they might find other ways. I mean, we definitely will because we're fucked. Like, why, from, like, a safety standpoint, they feel like they have to do it. Yeah, but... It- I feel like it's a minimal deterrent because if you have seen where some of the graffiti in Pittsburgh is, it's in some unsafe spots on those bridges. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. If there's a will, there's a way. The Yoshi eggs. (laughs) All right. Well, he also said that actually Dexter was not wrong about these graves falling into the fire. But some of the information was a little misplaced. Um, Most of the ground underlying the center cemeteries in centralia is barren not underlain by coal is what he means or physically isolated from the coal from evacuation projects the proximity of the fire does present the appearance of heat along the corners of some of the cemetery but that ground location is not on fire so i don't know like like if maybe the book i know that you use solid sources for that but he quotes a different source I want to say the source I had, and I might be misremembering, but I want to say that it said that they only thought that um, bodies, coffins. Yeah, so we yeah. used coffins. Funners, coffins. Um, I couldn't think of it. I'm like, whatever the hell they keep dead bodies in. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, they make a concrete, like, cellar kind of thing around it, even. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're no. buried, you're not just straight buried into dirt. Like, they have, like, a concrete kind of things that you would, like, be put into. Yeah, but how old are some of these these, bo- these Oh, these ancient, caskets? for sure. You know, and were they all in the cemetery? So, right. like, that's why I say I think, I'm not certain, but I think it was that they thought there was the possibility. Okay. 
So he has a, a website, which we'll post on this corrections episode about where he got that information. And it looks like it is a PA government website. That so, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Do we trust the government? <laughs> um, okay. So shortly after that conundrum, apparently I asked if having all these problems, because, oh, um, if they realized they were having all these problems, but they didn't realize it till too late and somebody said, nope, they ignored it. Okay. So like I was talking about. Oh, I said, no, they ignored it. There you go. Um, so that's not men. true, uh, according to his information. So he's going to fill us in here as well. Um, they knew they had a problem right away and they had a problem in several days of the fire beginning on, or several days of the fire. He quotes May 27th, 1962. They had a breakout on the 29th of May and again, another flare up following four weeks in June. And then in July 2nd, William J. Burke complained about the foul odors from the smoldering trash and that the coal began to reach St. Ignatius Church. A member of the council contacted Clarence Mooch Kastner, the president of the Independent Miners, Breakerman, and Trucks Union, to inspect the situation in Centralia. Kastner evaluated these events and called this guy Jordan Smith an engineer for the Department of Mines and Mine Industries in Pottersville. Smith told the town that he could dig out the smoldering material using a steam shovel for $175 and a call was placed to Art Joyce, a mine inspector from Mount, it looks like Caramel, but it's not, it's Carmel, Caramel, C-A-R-M-E-L. Carmel. Okay, um, who brought gas detection equipment for use on the swirling wisps of smoke now emanating from the fissures in the north wall of the landfill pit. Tests concluded that these gases seeping into a large hole in the pit and the cracks in the north wall contained carbon monoxide concentrations typical of coal mine fires. This comes from the fire underground, the ongoing tragedy of Centralia Man Mine Fire by David DeCock. D E K O K. (laughs) I just had another teehee penis moment. (laughs) I literally thought in my head, I was like, teehee penis. I I just had come to mind like so many people I know with unfortunate names. I don't know if that's how you say it, but we're going to call it decock. <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> My family knows somebody whose name was Richard Head. I mean, I told you he about legally cousin, changed right? his last name. I told you about I my know. cousin, right? I don't know. Their last name is Durr, and they named their son Callan. Yes, his name is Calendar. <laughs> At least it's not Colander. Like Calendar's a little bit more. <laughs> like I fucking love it. I'm like yes, right? Okay, so next for you, I have some more information on the 12 year old boy who fell into that sinkhole. He uh, fl- he flushed that information out for us as well. Cool. So his name was Todd. Domboski, uh, and he 
uh, the date was February 14th, 1981. So five years before I was born to date myself further. The near death of Todd marked a turning point in the history of Centralia PA mine fire. So I guess this is what triggered the politicians in the town um, because they quickly learned what happened and were able to see firsthand these dangers faced by residents. Um, This along with increased media attention prompted the state and federal officials to finally take action. I don't know if it's like finally take action or if they just didn't know what the fuck to do because it seems like um, they had a heads up according to Sean, but I think it's getting those safety measures into place and really proving that there is a state of emergency. So I think there's like a delay in time. I was going to say, I have a feeling it was probably like, well, well, shit, we didn't plan for this. Now what? Right. Well, he actually has- As is the history with governments. (laughs) Kind of the situation we're in now, but that's all we're going to say about that. No, I was just saying in general, that seems to be what happens. Just kind of like something happens and, and like, you know, whatever country it's happening in or wherever it's happening, no matter how big or small, the government's just kind of like, shit, we don't have an emergency plan for this. Well, I think what's kind of shocking. How do we fix this? We don't have plans for anything. We're kind of useless, huh? No bullshit. We do have a zombie plan. We do. Of fucking course we do. <laughs> Fucking We're the America. zombie capital of the world. Of course, we have a zombie like, contingency plan. I, 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 I want to say it's like the CIA or the CDC, like what, like some big, like American government bullshit. Yeah, bureau. I don't know politics. I don't department. Get it. Um, yes, maybe I don't know, but like one of like the big government things has like a zombie apocalypse plan. <laughs> I fucking love that. Because we're otherwise we're trash. I'm not upset by that. You know, my first adulting moment was when I had my first retail manager's job at the tobacco store, right? Because I sold um, cigars. I worked in cigars for ten years, and I was I thought I was such like a I'm a big kid, right? Um, and they came in and talked to us about retirement. And the guy's like, okay, so what we're going to do is we take your 401k, and then there's stocks involved. And I said, look. I don't know about these stocks because how good is my retirement package going to be if the zombie apocalypse hits? And the guy had to sit there and think for a minute to explain to me how these stocks were protected from the zombie apocalypse. I love it. And he fired back. It was great. It was so good. But let's let's redirect to the child, if I may. Yes. Okay. So he has a little bit more of like the harrowing tale written here too. It says, as he sunk, Todd managed to grasp onto exposed roots from a nearby tree. He continued to yell for help and was holding on for dear life. In less than a minute, his cousin, Eric Wolfgang, appeared on the scene and was able to grasp Todd and pull him to safety. He emerged covered in mud, but otherwise was okay. If he was there just a few more minutes, though, he would have died. Also, he was in his grandmother's backyard that afternoon and was one of the first evacuations of the town, if Sean remembers correctly. 
Um, he said some guy named Toll told him that uh, eight or ten homes around Todd's grandmother's houses were immediately evacuated at that time. So it's nice having that little extra snippet of detail, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, he... The cur- more you know. Right, the more you know. You have to sing it. There's a song? What? You've never heard it in like a high-pitched voice and it's like, the more you know. No, no, no. I don't recall that. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck me then. Sorry. It's actually Fucking sounding amazing trash. coming out of there. Like, I really, I'm wondering if Sound Maiden couldn't grasp that to make it your notification sound when you text me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Voice. If she can, if she can isolate that, I'm so putting that on the Patreon. Like you have no idea. You sing in the more you know. <laughs> gonna do it. Oh my god! No. I'm gonna do okay. it. I know you are. I'm gonna be walking somewhere one day and just hear that and be like, "Fuck you." Mm. <laughs> so back to the corrections. Um, so I believe Dex said something about them. They started buying the homes off the people starting in 1962. But he said they actually didn't start buying people out uh, that wanted to leave on a volunteer basis until 1984. And he actually has those monetary figures instead of the $20 that Brandy had suggested. Um, Out of the $5? Yeah. So U.S. U.S. Congress appropriates $42 million for voluntary acquisitions and relocations of impacted businesses and residents due to dangers caused by fire, i.e. noxious gases and subsidence. Uh, The grant administration ceded to the state. Um, Previous acquired properties were transferred to the Commonwealth. And again, he gives me a reference for website information for that, which is phenomenal. Like he seems like Sean seems like an amazing fan. I I know he's a friend of mine, but he is quoting these sources just like we are quoting our sources. It's really nice to see. I just need you all to know that I didn't really think that they bought the homes for $20. (laughs) Like I knew it was more money than $20 just so we all know. All right. So, um, okay. Uh, he says about, uh, 26 minutes in, we start talking about, um, parents could not will a house to live there or something. Oh yeah. Cause okay. So he's, so back to John Lakotis in October, 2013, the remaining residents settled their lawsuits receiving, $218,000 in compensation for the value of their homes, along with $131,500 to settle additional claims and the right to stay in their homes for the rest of their lives. Um, but once they died, the rest of the family must leave so they couldn't bequeath it on. So they did get a nice chunk of money for that. Um, so in answer to your question, Brandy, no, you could not just squat in your parents' house if you lived there. What if I didn't tell them that my parents died and I just like kept them in the basement or something? Yeah. Well, the guy he was talking to, John, right, his source, said uh, he lost his house in 2009. He got the deed changed after the 1992 condemnation decree that the court ruled that he did not own the house. So he was overturned. And then Kathy Warmer 
daughter of the borough's last official mayor, Carol Warmer, moved out of the house after he di- she died in 2016. She was also not allowed to stay. Um, she lived in 102 Eastwood Street and was only a few hundred feet away from Oddfellow Cemetery, where the legendary Centralia coal mine fire started in 1962. Also, he adds, Steph, they don't pay property taxes. The state owns the land. They live their tax and rent free. And their mail is sent to the Ashland Post Office. So, like, I'm definitely just going to keep my parents, like, buried in the backyard or something because, like, (laughs) I don't have to pay taxes and I don't have to pay shit. They're just going to be buried in my backyard. No one needs to know know that they died. That's such a... Can you hear the wine pouring into my glass? Like, it's such a satisfying sound. It really is. And I'm pretty certain that after what Brandy just said, her new name's Norma Bates. (laughs) (laughs) Listen... I just don't want to have to pay taxes, okay? Like, I'm just like picturing you, like, walking around your house with, like, your parents sitting in rocking chairs in, like, the basement in clothes, and you just walk by, and you're like, hi, mom and dad. Okay, yes, but also I just said I would bury them in my backyard, so, like, fuck you. Okay, I know, so- but at first you said about keeping them in your basement, so, like, that's literally all I'm picturing right now. Dex, that's not far off how you got your nickname. Right? Like, I nicknamed Dexter because of her weird enthrallment with the chicken parts. And she listen, was collecting just, she souvenirs. Like Dexter. <laughs> listen, it was one chicken heart named Fred. Wait, so fun fact, I have actually have a great aunt named Norma. Great, so Brandy's not normal. I love her. (laughs) Okay, so I have one last correction on this intro, so I'm going to redirect again. And I'm the one drinking here. I'm trying. I drank. And I took Benadryl. (laughs) I forgot Brandy took Benadryl. (laughs) And I drank, like, a whole thing. It's fine. Like, How are you awake right now? I need you to know that I take three Benadryl when I wake up just to be able to go outside in the spring and summer. So you're acclimated. 100%. It takes like, so this is going to sound bad. Don't judge me. I have to take like 15 or 20 Benadryl to actually go to bed. Do you hallucinate? No. Actually, that z that Dex recommended me for sleep with the chamomile is Uh amazing it's like i took a sip out of it and then five minutes later i just wasn't here but does that have melatonin in it yeah yes okay so another fun fact i took melatonin once and as i was like falling asleep never doing it again because the entire night i didn't sleep and i had night terrors entire night oh melatonin triggers your night terrors i refuse to take melatonin now I don't blame Anything you. Anything with it in there. I'm just like, bitch, no, bye. Have a nice life. My problem with melatonin is I fall asleep and wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed three hours later and pissed off. <laughs> oh, no. See, I just have night terrors and it doesn't put me to sleep. And I'm just like, yeah, we're fucking done. Like, I'm good. Thanks. Hopefully this. this correction comes out after shadow people on Macabre Monday. So hopefully we went over Brandy's night terrors by the time you're fucked. hearing in this. 
All right, last correction, guys, on Centralia. Okay. So, again, not correction as much as additional information. Thank you, Sean. Um, so, the church in the book Dex is talking about is the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The church is actually on the north side of the town where the fire cannot get it. So, scientifically speaking, it's not God's plan. It's... Um, uh, the water table is active under the church. So many Centralia's former residents can still go to this church. It's safe. However, on a side note, there was a plane crash on the hill behind the church on June 17, 1948, and the unidentified bodies were buried in a mass graveyard behind the church marked by a small plane cross. The water table is at Main Street. Everything south of Main Street is on fire. North of Main Street is unaffected. So, like, this town is cursed is what you're telling me. Well, there's a reason why it has so much intrigue. Now we're spending two episodes on it, and there was an entire video game and film series after it. It's cursed. I mean, I'm sure I could see if there's any, like, Native American burial grounds near there. I mean, we can always come back to the Hot Mess Express and get back off on this stop and revisit it if we get more information, because it is it is interesting. So I'm self-correcting for House Barnum, which is no points because I'm the headmistress, but I done fucked up on episode five, done Women in White. Up. I done fucked up. So I'm mostly, like I said, 90% of the time, if you're on social media, you're interacting with me. So I really like talking to people on Twitter. I've gotten in some great conversations about crochet. Um, somebody offered to share their fries with me. Thank you. Uh, I like talking to people on Twitter. Um, we're Macabre Academy on Twitter. But I thought in relevance to the episode that I would tweet uh, a little bit about the science of dreaming because I was so convinced that most dreams are black and white. But the last time I looked up the science of dreaming, I was in high school, like researching dream reading, which would be a whole separate episode. But I couldn't find a single article that said 90% of dreams were in black and white. So I, again, done fucked up. So I'm correcting myself. Psychreg.org has an article on why some people dream in black and white. Um, it says most people actually dream in color. Only some people report no dreaming and only uh, an additional few report dreaming in black and white. And there is exactly three theories as to why somebody only dreams in black and white. And this might explain me a little bit. You ready? First instance is memory. The vividness of a dream can fade as you're waking up and moving throughout your day. So you start to lose details like color. So that's why they're telling you if you if you keep a dream journal, you want to write it down as soon as you wake up because you'll forget details as your day goes on. Number two theory of black and white dreaming is uh, the more colors you dream in, the more creative you are. And you, uh, Dex, were talking about that most of your dreams in vivid color are zombies. So you have an yes. aptitude of creativity in the horror genre. That, that's why it was so difficult when they put me on Chantix. And they asked me after, like, my, like, checkup, like, how I'm doing on it. They're like, oh, are you having any weird dreams? I'm like, find weird dreams. <laughs> I'm like, because 
I'm having a lot of the same dreams I have just more often. And they were all zombie dreams, <laughs> but they weren't like the scary, like have to kill my family ones. They were like, Oh, I'm in walking dead or left for dead. And this is fine. I can just kill these things. It's all right. Hmm. All right. So the last theory on why people only dream in black and white is very interesting. And I think this explains my information the most, my misinformation, if I, if I may, is media. So people who grew up on black and white media were more likely to dream in in, in grayscale, according to a, a new study like two years ago. So this would affect people who are 55 and up, where primarily they grew up on black and white pictures and books, newspaper, the TV shows were black and white. Most of their input of information was coming to them in black and white. And somehow that dominates real world experience in the dreaming state, according to this study. People who are 25 years and younger only report dreaming in color. And my dog just bailed on the bed, but, um, so you and I are mid range stuff, right? So I grew up on black and white TV. I grew up on TV land. I love, I dream of Jeannie bewitched, uh, the monsters. I love Lucy Adams family. This is stuff that I had as an input. And I actually read a lot of newspapers and shit. So most of my early memories are, are the black and white. So, Back in the day, when I first researched dreaming uh, for first for the for uh, dream reading, right, that information was coming off of people who were raised on black and white media. Now it's down to because of the age ranges is down to twelve percent of people dream in black and white. Wow! So I am I am correcting myself because I thought that was interesting. And that's it. That's all I have. I closed the notebook. It's official. You threw the notebook. I was just like satisfyingly slammed it down because I feel like this was an successful trip on the Hot Mess Express. I'm proud of us. (laughs) All right. So because it's not a main episode, we're not going to do a non-offensive dare. But if you want to send your own episode correction and get points for your house and your Patreon, you just email us at themacabacademy.com or at gmail.com. Even if you're not a Patreon, though, I would love the corrections. I want to come back to the Hot Mess Express. I want to revisit some of these episodes that I loved recording. And I want us to be accurate because we're the Macabre Academy. It's information sharing. That's what we do. And I'm stupid. So, like, I need to learn. You're not stupid. (laughs) She just mouthed the words on her video. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm calling it out because even if you're not a Patreon and you can't see these videos, I I need to call it out. (laughs) You should definitely become a Patreon just so you can see my stupid faces. (laughs) I feel like the video adds a whole nother level that I was missing coming over from YouTube, but maybe that's just me. No, I think it does. Well, I, I love ins- that you can see us. I insisted because there was a couple of different ways that we could have recorded this in quarantine that didn't involve video media. And I had to see your girls' faces because there was no way I could record this without seeing your guys' reaction to the information. Oh, yeah. No, it's not as much fun. 
<laughs> that being said, let's let's wrap it up. I don't know what to wrap it off on, but let's just go with what did you girls learn today? That the bodies weren't really burning. And that they didn't sell the houses for twenty dollars, even though I would <laughs> buy a house for twenty dollars because, like, fuck it, give me a house. I think most people would buy a house for twenty dollars. Like, even if it's haunted or like needs new things, like, fuck it, it's twenty dollars. I'll buy a house. Let's go, dude. I'm still trying to pay off my house in Animal Crossing, and that's like a hundred thousand bells. <laughs> I don't play video games. I've never played Animal Crossing. Well, some of our people on Twitter do play Animal Crossing, and they can actually visit our island if they get in contact with us on social media. I named it Lumeria after our past lives episode. Yes. Yes. All right. That being said, how about Brandy? Good night. Please don't have night terrors. No, I'll be good. I took more Benadryl. I'm just going to pass out. (laughs) Brian's up there playing video games. He's going to be so annoyed with me because, like, when I take a lot of Benadryl, I snore. And, like, not, like, cute little, like, like, (laughs) snore. (laughs) That's what I sound like at night. Just so you all know. You're not as bad as me. (laughs) And then, wait, so, like, we can't sleep with the windows open because I'm allergic to the world. And we have no inside air. But also... I'm like a massive fucking heat machine. So we have to sleep with a fan on, but the fan circulates the outside air and makes my eyes swell shut. So I have to sleep with a pillow over my face and I snore. Wait, why couldn't you just use a sleeping mask? Why have to put a whole pillow over your face? Because I like to be difficult. (laughs) I I can't sleep unless I'm mildly strangled. Sorry, guys. Like, I just kind of, well, I sleep on my side. So, like, I can still breathe through my giant ass fucking nose. But, like, I have to hide my eyes. And Ryan gets so annoyed. He's like, can we get rid of all your fucking pillows? And I was like, I will murder you. Right? With the pillows. (laughs) Okay. So, that being said, uh, dear listeners, we are listening. So, Get in touch with us. Uh, let's. I'm going to drop all the social media here real quickly. We have a Discord. Uh, I'll put the link in the podcast episode. We have Twitter, which is Macabre Academy. We have Instagram, The Macabre Academy. We have a Facebook page, The Macabre Academy. You get just fa- facebook.com slash our name. Okay, it's not hard to find us. Our email is themacabacademy at gmail.com. We're still young. We're still new. So we're super interactive with anybody who wants to talk to us. So thank you for listening and hanging in there through the Hot Mess Express. You guys have a great fucking week, and we'll see you on our Macabre Monday for our normally scheduled episode. Yeah! Peace out, Cub Scout. (laughs) Deuces. I stopped it on that. You didn't stop shit. I didn't wait. Here's the stop. No, okay. This is the stop. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.